0: We see it all over social media, the entrepreneur that made it to the top and has the perfect life. But what about the things we don't see? Welcome to Confessions of an Entrepreneur. I'm Hannah, an entrepreneur with negative self-talk and anxiety that's always wondering, why is it so easy for them? Newsflash, it's not. Here, we talk with real entrepreneurs about what it's really like, the struggles we face every day, the mistakes we all make, the self-doubt, the ugly crying on the floor even. It's going to be real and raw. There's no filter here, guys. This isn't to talk you out of your dreams and goals, but to let you know you're not alone and everyone faces the same thoughts and feelings, even those with hundreds of thousands of followers. Come on, it's confession time. Welcome to Confessions of an Entrepreneur podcast. I'm really excited for Bria Wanamaker today to join me on the podcast that I'm interviewing and her journey of entrepreneurship. Bria, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with me. Let's start out with you introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you.
1: Amazing. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, um, I'm a therapist. Um, I had been working before as a personal trainer. Um, I guess I should say to you know where I'm from. I'm in Canada. I'm in Ontario near Toronto. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's good. It's I was working as a personal trainer uh, as my side hustle while I you know helped folks with developmental disabilities because my degree, my background is in behavior psychology. So mm-hmm. I've done done all kinds of work um, experience, and then. Um, my side hustle grew and I was like, you know, I want to use my psychology background. So I took my master's in psychology and became registered as a psychotherapist and then shifted my personal training business to just my psychotherapy private practice. I noticed in personal training, Um, You know, folks were coming in and they're crying during session and, you know, things are really hard. And I was like, I could be doing this elsewhere and helping you like in a different way. Yeah. Um, And so I have like a huge love and passion for like total mind and body wellness because I just see how the two are so related. And so, yeah, that's me. That's what I do.
0: That is awesome. I definitely know that I'm somebody who cries sometimes when I work out. So, <laughs>
1: Legit, yes. It's, su- it's such a thing. Movement makes the tears it flow. It
0: does. It's a very personal experience. So kind of playing on that then. Um, so your entrepreneur journey so far, which I had told you when we first started that this is supposed to be real and raw. So what, um, did you do anything before you were an entrepreneur? Like, did you have like a nine to five or anything like that?
1: Great question. Yeah. I fresh out of school, like fresh out of my undergrad was working in as frontline staff in behavioral treatment homes with adults with developmental disabilities. So it was intense. It was 12 hour shifts. Um, like the staff there was great like everyone became friends and everything i just didn't feel like i really fit in i just had a different kind of work ethic um like there was a lot of room mm-hmm. for like sitting around and i was like no i just i don't feel like i'm contributing um so then in that same organization i moved from working in the behavioral group homes to to being a supervisor. And so that work was an eight to four job. I was a supervisor of a day program, uh, same kind of thing, adults with disabilities coming in. And mm-hmm. that was fulfilling. It was great to feel like, you know, I was a supervisor. I could like be on committees and go to meetings and different things like that. Um, but same idea, like still was not feeling fulfilled. Um, so then okay. I started the personal training on the side And it just, I was in this vicious cycle of, like, burning out. I'm, like, obsessed with running myself into the ground, apparently, and just having a baseline of (laughs) depleted. Yeah, like, honestly. Um, So, and I've kind of come out of that now, but definitely was, like doing way too much before because like trying to do like the nine to five role and also have something that I'm passionate about on the side. And it was just exhausting. It was way too much, but we're here now. (laughs) I'm
0: not too familiar with, um, Canada and work over there. So this could just be my jaded American self. Does Canada have like work burnout the way that Americans do? Like they always tell us, Oh, it's only eight to four like eight to five or whatever, and ends up being like 45 hours a week. Did you have, is it similar to that in Canada?
1: Exact same. I mean, definitely work burnout is so prevalent. Um, and yeah, people are like, they say your job or these hours and you just show up at the building and do it, mm-hmm. but then people end up being stressed about it outside of work and taking the work home with them. And um, yeah, I definitely had the same experience. And like, especially even too, I remember having to keep my work phone and laptop in a separate room because it was so stressful to even look at them or have them near me. And I just found it so disruptive to my life. Um, So definitely we have burnout like 100% in the same way, shape or form, where it just work follows you home.
0: That's can be extremely frustrating. Um, and I'm sure you probably have, how do you like, okay. So like, I know like sometimes as an entrepreneur myself, I have a really hard time shutting my phone off and responding to, to messages. Like I'm really bad. Like if I'm even in the middle of a 30 minute workout, if I get a message from a client, I will stop my workout just to reply to my client, which they could wait 20 minutes. And do you have any kind of, balances with that, that you have issues with, or how do you handle that?
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking that because like that is something I've worked so hard on because just like you, I was the exact same way, uh, especially with emails. So uh, for therapists, there's a website like psychology today and you get emails from like prospective new clients. And I realized I was like Email checking compulsively because it's like so exciting. You get like that hit of dopamine if you get like someone reaching out to you. Like I just want to like also if someone's reaching out to a therapist, it's a big deal. I feel like I want to be there for you. Like I want to, you know, open the door to therapy for you. So I was like answering on weekends and like same thing when I was doing before therapy when I was doing personal training. yeah, a client would message me and be like, "I got this many steps on my Fitbit and like I'd like hit these goals, and I would answer right away and i it's been a hard shift from like kind of that people pleasing mentality, which I didn't even realize that's what it was. I thought it was just being like a kind, compassionate, caring person, but it's like, no, no, that's breaking your boundaries. I'm like, is that what I want my life to look like forever? Like if I was already making X amount of dollars that I want to make, would I still be doing this? If I had like kids, like I wanted to have, like, would I still be answering on a Sunday morning? No, like we would be, I'd be like out of the park with my kids and stuff. And I'm like, so really trying to sculpt a life that I want by not breaking those boundaries anymore. But I hear you. I've been there and it it feels good to be that person for people. And it also feels really bad because you're like abandoning yourself.
0: That is definitely something and it's something that I'm working on all the time. And I've even so much as rope my husband into it. Like if we're out somewhere or doing something, he is really good at like who are you texting? What call is that? Does that have to happen right now? So <laughs> that's helped a lot. Um, I also do like I was always I feeling really stressful too. So trying to just deal with my stress levels on that too, with the response time. What has been the hardest part of your entrepreneurial journey so far, Bria?
1: Ugh, there's so many hard parts. <laughs> like it's honestly when you ask a question, hard to pinpoint one and a little while ago i started making a document of like things i wish i had known before i started because i was like this could be a cool course later on to like you know walk other people through other at least therapists through like what i wish i had known before i started a private practice but i think even with personal training like the hardest thing for any any of these practices businesses one, I would not recommend having two businesses at the same time. That was uh, an impulsive, stupid move. I would say. Um, I have three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can oh confirm.
1: That great, yeah. It pulls you in so many different directions, and yeah, and I didn't realize what that feeling would be like. And it's so funny because, like, having the eight to five or eight to four job before. Um, and then running the side hustle, I was like, I only want to look at one calendar. And then I ditched the eight to four started personal training, decided to add on private practice. And it's just like, we have this addiction to being so frantically busy. Um, even when it's not in congruency congruence with what we want. Um, cause like I do genuinely want to look at one calendar, not five. (laughs) And, um, so I guess the hardest piece, yeah. One, was running the two businesses at the same time, being pulled in those directions. Two, uh, getting clients, like marketing to people, bringing people in, um, keeping clients and like keeping people interested. And I would say three, managing like taxes and finances and all the money stuff, because like I didn't learn any of that. Like it's a learn on the way kind of thing. And it's a really sore spot where I feel like, I don't even want to talk about money sometimes because i just feel clueless and like, don't even know what questions to ask. And it just like, whenever anyone brings it up, I feel like I'm getting like emotional right now. I feel like so, uh, dumb, like literally stupid in that area. So I find that very challenging. So that's been like a work in progress of like avoiding so many, like, Uh, learning about tax stuff, money stuff, finances, all of this was like one big heavy cement block. So I've like just recently started to chip away at things. And I'm like, okay, I think that I would feel better prepared for more clients. If maybe I've taken care of the financial end of the business stuff and then have more space to hold people.
0: I can definitely agree with the finance part of that. I'm even a finance coach and, but I focus on like the basics of credit and budget. Whereas there's the stuff that goes into a business because like we have a rental, I'm a real estate agent and then I do the coaching, but then I still have W2 income and it's it's so confusing and frustrating. And like, I definitely, I've had a few good cry sessions because I was like, I don't know what to do. And then tax time comes and then just kind of like, yeah, I'd rather not deal with that. And it can get frustrating. Um, As an entrepreneur myself, I definitely would say, reach out, find somebody who can help you with that. A really good accountant or just uh, somebody who's been in business a little bit longer than you have that you know that you can trust. Um, Yeah, that can definitely get frustrating. When you were first starting out, and now you said that you were trying to get clientele and opening up your own private practice. Did you hear no a lot?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. I guess so. I've definitely heard no in personal training. It's so mm-hmm. different in therapy. And I guess I do hear no, but it's more in like a silent rejection, like feeling overlooked <laughs> and like feeling like the market is crowded. So that's a really challenging piece. And I guess I felt like that in personal training too, like even running an Instagram of like workout videos or recipes, like there's so much of that. So that's such a hard piece to a feeling like it's crowded, like feeling, I know there's a need for everybody and that everyone has different gifts, but feeling like I don't know where to put those gifts because someone's already doing it and that's so painful.
0: Yeah. Uh have you ever had a time in your career where you just felt like giving up and that it wasn't worth it and maybe you should just go back to working a regular nine to five job?
1: Every damn day. Yes. <laughs> no, honestly. And I, <laughs> I have had bigger periods of that where like it'll be um, like crying or having a meltdown. And like, this was maybe a year ago. I've been in private practice for a year, but right at the start being like, it's not too, too late to turn around. And then you Mm -hmm. sort of pass this threshold where you're like, I put a lot of work into this, uh, probably like, yeah, like you said, like sign a lease for this rental unit. For five years. So I actually no. can't really turn her. <laughs> and I did that on purpose to stop impulsively like jumping around to things. Mm-hmm. But um that feeling, yeah, you definitely hit a threshold where it's like, oh, now I can't really go back. Uh I can pivot and do different things. But I find too, when I have moments of that frustration, I'm looking for jobs. Like I'll go online on Indeed or yeah. something and like search for jobs. And everything that comes up, I can always find a reason why I would never want to do that again. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's some like piece that eases my anxiety of like looking at what's out there, seeing the options. And I'm just like a huge part of me is like, I I can never work for anybody again. Yeah. I just can't. Nope. It's not yeah. happening.
0: Yep. I still have a part of that. Like I do like my part-time job, real estate in the winter, it, it, it goes with ebbs and flows. So I, in winter it slows down and it really wouldn't make sense, especially right now for our finances are, it wouldn't make sense for me not to pick up something in the winter, but I definitely understand that. Cause when I did apply for the job and I was doing the interviews, like something in the back of my mind was I was like, I don't like working for other people. Yeah. I am not a great employee. I have a hard time being told where to go and if it's not I like my own thing which sounds terrible but that's just as straight as i can make it without fluffing it up so i completely agree with that and i know it's kind of like even when i was working a regular nine to five if i got mad at my job i or my manager i would just go on and dean just like you know what i'm gonna <laughs> an angry apply to everything and screw
1: you <laughs> i love that it's so funny right like the same as you like I will do a better job for myself. Even like being a therapist, I used to work, I skipped that part before, but I did work for an agency as a therapist for a year before I branched out. And um, I notice now, like I will do more research to help the people who come to me. Like I will listen to so many podcasts and I will read research articles and books and do my own mental health work. And just so much care goes into Creating my own space for clients versus working for somebody else. There's an aspect of like, eh, you're not my responsibility. Um, and so I mean, and it it is your responsibility if you're an employee right. there, but there's you like I feel like you have that piece too that is like, I just care so much more when it's mine, and you take a better pride
0: in it too, I yes. think. Because I mean, yes, I, I work under a firm right now, but it is it really is like I'm my own boss. So I do so much for my clients and just a little thank you, knowing that I was able to help them out or just something that I was able to get a little better at. It's it's so much more prideful for me than working for somebody else in a different company. Um, Going when you were transitioning into entrepreneurship, did you get any kind of pushback from like friends or family or when you were working for that agency? Did anybody kind of like doubt you or put doubts in your head?
1: Interesting. So strange. I have a really supportive mom. I don't know how she has watched me like fail and struggle for so long (laughs) (laughs) and not try and control the journey or be like outwardly doubtful or suggest other things. Mm-hmm. Honestly, no, if anything, it's been my own mind that has been doubtful and like, which is really hard to have that conflict within yourself where you see like the big picture dream and the vision of what you want to create. And then mm-hmm. also parts that are like holding yourself back. Um, and maybe I, in terms of like having doubtful people around, like I was with a partner once. And then as much as my mom is supportive, she can also be like more grounded than I am. So those two people, like my previous relationship and my mom, I like set a vision that was like very far away. And I remember them like bringing me back down to earth and being like, okay, but you have to do like these 20 steps first. Yeah. Yeah. And in my mind, I was just like, no, like, I'm just going to skip to the finish line. So (laughs) it's, I've heard that like, there's the wow person and then there's the how person. And I often find myself in like relationships, especially like romantic relationships with people that are the how person. And I will always be the wow person. So it can feel like they're, you know, raining on your parade, but it's mainly out of love. (laughs) I hope.
0: Yes. And that's something that I've had to realize myself too
1: because I'm a
0: wow person. Um, definitely. I get ideas in my head and like I'm just gonna go do it. And I, like, I don't think of anything in between. And my husband's definitely a how person. He's very meticulous. He takes things step by step. My mom is too. And I remember like I get so frustrated sometimes because I'm like, can't you just be excited? Like I'm yeah. excited. Just be excited for me. Do not rain on my parade right now. I just want to be excited. How about we wait until tomorrow to tell me that I can't do something. Okay. Yes. And You do. Sometimes I do have to realize that they are doing it out of love. They don't want to see me get my hopes and dreams crushed when I come back down and realize, okay, I can't fly off of a cliff by myself. I need to actually like build wings and learn how to control it. So, yeah, I definitely can see how that would go. Is there any other part, like any kind of hardships of your entrepreneurial journey that you think would be really good for our listeners to hear that you've went through and that you want to share with them
1: just to make them
0: know that, hey, you're not the only one out there?
1: Yeah, I think that if I didn't have the podcasting community, Mm -hmm. this would be extremely different, like in a very lonely road to travel, like none of my friends, like my close friends are entrepreneurs. No one in my family, really. Like my uncle owns yeah. a landscaping company. He's had it for like a bazillion years. Um, So it's like, it, that doesn't seem like this new age model of mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. Um, But there is no one in my immediate circle who has like gone through this. So I feel like being in the podcasting community and like finding other women and people who, are business owners and who get it and who are even in the beginning and intermediate stages of building that growth has been so helpful because I, I would feel so alone if not. And like that kind of dumb, stupid feeling that I was talking about with the finances, like I'm sure I would feel even more like that in many areas of like, is this ever going to work? Is this ever going to grow? Um, So, yeah, I would say that's the being the hardest part of like not having anybody around who is like going through stuff in real time.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I know you and I have connected through Keisha used You speak Keisha Fitzgerald. And I've been following her for a little over two years now. And honestly, if it wasn't for the community of women who I've met, I, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have not. I wouldn't be going through my entrepreneurial journey. I wouldn't have any of my podcasts. I wouldn't have any of it. So I definitely agree with Brian that That if you are having a hard time, go find a community like reach out. Um, And I know that that can be hard sometimes like taking that step and saying, Hey, hi, I'm me and I need help. But if you find the right community, they will support you and they will fly with you and they'll be there for every single win and loss completely through the entire journey.
1: That's the truth. Do you know, it's interesting. Like I love that community so much and it's been, I agree with you, like so helpful. And I tried to create like a community of my own just with like friends that I have, like in the same province. Um, And, but like that might not live close to me in the same city, but like keep on in touch with them, like on Instagram. And um, like, I started like monthly zoom meetings and I was not committed to it. We did it for four months and I don't know why, but that was like something I thought would be so cool. Like we meet for an hour on the last Friday of every month. And it was like a friend of mine who like reads tarot cards and does yoga. And another friend who has a blog about eating disorders. And another friend who is like a writer about uh dating. And I was like, there was other people too. And I'm like, this would be so cool if we just like chatted about everything and it just It didn't go anywhere and it couldn't stay consistent with it. So having like a consistent community that will always show up for you is amazing.
0: Yes, I would definitely agree with that. And I've been somebody who's started things or been part of community, like different communities and groups thinking that, oh, this is what I need but it didn't align. And, uh, that was always a hard part for me too. even still today. I'm cause I'm trying to find different groups and communities to be a part of and like help each other and help me throughout everything. And sometimes it just, it just doesn't work out and it hurts sometimes too almost. Um, but I think at the, at the end of the day, you have to remember that everything happens for a reason. And if it didn't work out, it didn't work out for a reason too. True. So couple ending questions here for you. First off, I want you to let us know what is a great entrepreneurial quote that you love?
1: Mm. Okay. I think my favorite quote is let it be easy is I believe by Susie Moore. And I know she has a book that is titled that. And just that to me means everything because your work as an entrepreneur will never be done. And I know I'm someone who dramatizes things <laughs> or like makes it Same. bigger than it needs to be. And that's why we have the how people, because, yes. you know, my partner too, he will be like, do you, does it really have to be done that way? And I'm like, oh, you're right. It doesn't. So making sure that, you know, looking big picture, let it be easy. Do you really have to do that today? Could it be done tomorrow? Do you really have to do it in that way? Does it really have to be done? To perfection, to the very best of your ability, or is like C plus work okay? So I love the let it be easy because I'm like, oh, okay, cool, like yeah, that's fine.
0: I love that. I definitely i am because I'm going to compile all of the quotes for everybody, and that way it's going to be posted in our listener group too, our yeah. confessions of an entrepreneur listener group. Which if listeners, if you're not a part of that, please go find that on our my Facebook. um You can find me on Instagram too. Speaking of which, Priya. How do people connect with you?
1: Oh, well, I'm on Instagram and I'm at the Better Boundaries podcast. And so... I just like, I'm switching over. I'm rebranding for January 1st. It used to be called the Better Bodies podcast. Um, but now boundaries are important. So yeah, (laughs) the, uh, the Better Boundaries podcast on Instagram and on TikTok at better boundaries. And then I have my website, brionwannamaker.com and I have an online course on there. And so, yeah, those are my main spots to hang out. I'm obsessed with podcasting. So have some cool stuff coming out in the new year.
0: I'm very excited to check that out. Thank you so much, Bria, for joining me today. And everybody go check her out. She can help you a lot with your mental and your body. So thank you, Bria. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining in this week. If you really liked this episode or resonated with it and you know another entrepreneur who definitely needs to hear this, please share it with them. And then also, if you want to just share it on like social media or something, you can go ahead and tag me. Holler at Hannah on Instagram. And don't forget, we do have our Facebook group for other like-minded entrepreneurs. You can see that tag in the show notes. Have a great day. We'll see you next week, confessioners.